Hello, and welcome to the reading room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade on Twitter, and today I will be reading A Feet Equal by Ishkabibble Bafflegab, Chapter 3, The Feral Smug. This fic is rated for mature audiences. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. The conference room door arcs outward with a skull-knocking collision of metal doorknob and thick glass wall. Thankfully, nothing outright shatters, but Achako does hear the telltale crunch of splintering glass, likely at the point of impact. She casts Bakugo a look of censure and watches him tip his chin back and bare his teeth in what she recognizes immediately as his wanna-go face. Puffing out her cheeks in a gesture of mo, she files the incident away for her damages report later and turns back to the task at hand, trusting him to keep eyes on their adversaries. Setting out, Bakugo peels off his gloves and tucks them into the back of his pants, a conditioned ease-of-access action he always takes when they pair up so she can float him at her leisure. The reflex consideration never fails to give her a warm, proud feeling. In the meantime, Achako runs a diagnostic of their surroundings through her visor, into which the chief research officer of Hatsu Corp herself recently installed the newest iteration of her much-coveted surveillance software. The only heat signatures on this floor are the three before them, though there appears to be someone moving on the floor above them, unhurriedly, almost lazily. Something about the meandering, methodless path this person cuts triggers her suspicion. Acknowledging the possibility this could be building personnel, she nevertheless sets a dedicated sensor to track what could just as easily be a fourth member of the breaking and entering party. She also transmits the information to Kirishima and Kyoka, advising they proceed with caution. Then, she modifies her search parameters to sweep the floor for traps, or significant concentrations of the quirk residue May's team famously figured out how to detect and measure. All that really lights up is the ruined mass of much fractured and wet desks and office paraphernalia at Fisher's feet. His work, definitely. The liquid coating the sputtering machines and assorted industrial materials turns out to be water, according to the composition readout, water generated by quirk. Could Kigo Girl's quirk be water-based? Her outfit covers her hands, feet, and the lower half of her face, suggesting otherwise, but Achako doesn't rule out the likelihood completely. Or could the maven have chemically bonded existing hydrogen molecules with enough quirk-spun oxygen to produce this not-little amount of water? Is that even possible? While Ochako weighs other, less far-fetched explanations, they reach a comfortable gulf of separation and come to a gradual stop. Bakugo breaks the ice, employing his customary diplomacy, Who's first, fuckwits? Ochako makes no attempt to head off the goading challenge, owing to the strategy's proven effectiveness. The results aren't always pretty, but with surprising regularity, the prospect of having to face down the Mad Bomber a nickname he picked up years ago and wears with fiendish glee, is all it takes to persuade lesser ne'er-do-wells to surrender on the spot before any blood can be spilled. Bakugo's been proudly cultivating his ferocious reputation since high school, 
and now, a handful of years into his pro career, he relishes his role as the boogeyman for villains. Looks like it's maybe going to take a smidge more in the surprise arrival of one of the top heroes in the industry to cow this trio, though. They unmistakably know who Bakugo is. They're all three gawping at him, like he's about to sprout fangs and breathe fire, but none of them seem specially keen on waving any white flags. Even as she's realizing they're likely in for a fight, the ambush shock sloughs from fissures striking features, and the look of fevered zealotry returns, identical to the expression he was sporting when she checked him out through the specks. Recklessly, Fissure Freak snaps his hand out in front of him, convulsively squeezing it into a fist. Bakugo doesn't so much as twitch, but her hair-trigger training has her shifting automatically into a ready stance. Never encourage escalation, but if you're always poised to intercept an attack, you can't be caught off your guard. Gunhead's gentle wisdom from her very first internship flashes through her mind like a heartening refrain, as it has during every criminal encounter since the provisional license exam. Still, when Ochako sees the arctic gaze of the mazen flick toward her, caught by her sudden movement, she curses herself for flinching. The slide of those cold eyes as they return to Bakugo feels stingingly dismissive. Fissure, meanwhile, shouting, The public revere you as gods, when you are in fact tyrannical arbiters, given carte blanche to play judge and jury. You are parodies of justice. The hero industrial complex is a dangerous farce. It's not an unfamiliar speech or sentiment. The ripples stain set into motion all those years ago continue to yield swells of misplaced mayhem. She doesn't interrupt, wanting to give him plenty of space to air his grievances. The longer he's monologuing, the longer Kirishima and Kyoka have to clear the building, and the more time Deku and the others will have to get there. For that matter, if they can keep him talking, there's a chance they may be able to talk him down. Yet, at the foundation of it all, the registry, he sneers the word, this this archaic instrument of oppression, the database into which we are all so carefully catalogued and filed away, listed by number and abilities, funneled into subjective categories of usefulness, all toward the creation of a convoluted modern-day caste system. Lachaka watches his companions, Maven, with a worn but indulgent crescent grin, the indeterminately aged girl in the kiku, picking absently at cred in her ear, radiating disinterest. The registry is a nefarious tool, a method of control that fashions human beings into resources, disenfranchising those among us still without quirks. Weirdly, Bakugo does flinch at this, open palms spasming into fists, enabling the vile institution of quirk marriages. Sparks crack and fizzle between the spaces of Bakugo's fingers, and cold dread edges her furtively closer to fold her hand gently over his forearm, just for a beat just long enough for him to tense up and realize his mistake and stop her his quirk. As long as the maven's able to use hers, using his quirk carries too big a risk. Can't go swamping the place up with volatile chemicals while they're squaring off against a fire starter. Speaking of, as her arm slides away from his, she notes an ice-eyed stare riveted to the wafer wisps of smoke curling out of Bakugo's fists. Heart in her throat, Achako perceives the intangible yet decisive shift in the atmosphere. The air is charged, electric with imminent combat. 
Fidger doesn't appear to have cottoned on, however, and she tunes back into his tirade as he has hit in a crescendo. Challenge the utility of such a medieval taxonomy. You and your like may find yourselves at the pinnacle of this iniquitous hierarchy, but your parents, your friends, your children may not be so lucky. Likely aren't. And though you may ostensibly benefit from it, you cannot see the box, the cage, in which this unbalanced arrangement has trapped you. We have come to restore an upset equilibrium, to erase and forcibly reform this broken institution. This is the path to justice. This is the purpose to which true heroes should aspire. Will you not join us? With a mad flourish, Fissure raises both arms into the air, triumphant. Typically, this is where Chaco would try to contain the Lumen violence with reason, maybe even convinced there would be challengers to surrender. But Maven's hands are peeling discreetly away from her sides, each of her long, bony fingers making barely their spooling motions, probably getting ready to activate her quirk. Oi, Bakugo says, cut and clean through the awkward tension that settles in the too quiet aftermath of Fissure's unexpected proposition. You fucking done? The maven's eyes are glowing, and Achako's hands meet Bakugo's in a low five he's already swinging into, because he sees it too, the coming first strike. Life ain't fair and you're a shit-guzzling hack. We get it. Fissure Freak's eyes widen impossibly, and he looks really crazy now. Achako presses Pinky to thumb, controlling the rate at which gravity loses its hold on Bakugo securing him at a meticulous handful of centimeters off the floor. Dipshit's choice, surrender or suffer. But Fissure never gets a chance to consider the ultimatum, because it's no sooner Mbakugo stops talking that a pair of provocations kick off the hostilities. The evacuation sirens they ordered earlier shrill their eerie, oscillating wail, which fills the night with the million clamorings of an entire sector's worth of people scrambling to flee the area and Bakugo, simultaneously, sucks in an urgent breath that chokes off on a body-racking cough, leaving him suddenly gasping for air. Maven. Tingling heat prickles at her collar, burning up the back of her neck, and in a moment of livid clarity, she gives a signal to engage and urges her body to move. In a seamless, parallel sequence, Bakugo surges toward the Maven at a dead sprint, strides lengthened and lightened by her quirk, while Chaco hunkers to the floor, folding the pads of her fingers against her free palm, shaking her own gravity and slingshotting herself upward at a sharp diagonal grade, only switching on her suit stabilizing hip rockets when she reaches the apex of her jump directly over Fissure Freak's head. She lurches to a jarring mid-air halt, just as Fissure finally catches on and falls to his knees, pressing both hands to the office floor. Panic lances through her as she flashes back to that horrible scene from not half a year past when Fissure opened a fault line in downtown Hosu and sank three full city blocks into the bowels of the earth. Fissure was always going to be a Chaco's to take down, a reality she and Bakugo both grasped intuitively, without discussion or cue. She can put the freak out of commission with a single touch, get him airborne and out of reach of anything solid in a blink. Floating the maven wouldn't have quite the same staying effect. Her molecular manipulation abilities don't require contact or proximity. Taking her out of action is going to require a heavier hand. She has seven seconds before his quirk activates. Seven seconds to remove their greatest offensive threat 
and avert a disaster that could alter the landscape of the whole flippin' city. No big deal. I can do this. No big deal. Channeling her inner Deku, Ochako abstractly sorts priorities and starts counting off, second by precious second. One. Kiku girl seems uninterested in participating in the fight and makes a run for the stairwell without so much as a backward glance. Two. A visibly off-balance Bakugo reaches the maven, swinging a wild right hook that goes wide when she dances out of range. Three. But the attempted blow turns out to be a feint he uses to throw himself sideways into a near-horizontal spinning flip from which a deadly accurate booted foot lashes out like a whip, cracking into her sternum and laying her flat. Four. Bakugo draws in a full, unobstructed breath, and Ochako brims with relief as she orients herself to her preferred angle of attack and pulls her thumb and pinky apart, making ready to drop herself and not bothering to give Bakugo a heads up, because they've been doing this so long he plain doesn't need one. 5. She wedges her fingers together, releasing her technique and tweaking her descent where necessary. At first, it looks like Fissure is determined to activate his quirk, no matter what damage he might sustain in the process, but at literally the last possible second. 6. The muscles in his back bunch and tense, and he breaks contact with the floor to roll himself over, hands shooting out to intercept her. In the hard knee-to-diaphragm landing that ensues, Fissure manages to snag the visor of her helmet and rip the whole thing off in a single savage pull, even as blood, spittle, and all the air in his body comes whooshing out of him. She doesn't wait for him to recover, instead seizing him by his other hand, this one contorted and locked just out of range of her throat, where his frenzied strike drew up short. Relieving Fissure of his gravity, she nimbly rolls herself over and off of him, hauling him along for the ride. Tethered by her grip, he completes a wide, weightless arc that terminates in his second spine-to-floor collision in roughly as many seconds. Achako winces when he snaps back against the ground like a bent sapling, but climbs swiftly to her feet all the same, catching her fingers in his dark sweater and hurling him effortlessly up toward the ceiling. Disoriented and breathless as he is, he's got no way of stopping himself from bouncing off the light fixture she's, unintentionally, thrown him at. So he hits at ramming speed, cracking casing and fluorescent bulb alike, and rebounds with a low, wounded moan. Meanwhile, she touches first her index, then her middle and ring fingers to her thumb, drastically slowing and ultimately outright freezing him in place, ensuring he's far away from any surfaces he might shove off of or destroy, yet also close enough to the high ceiling that Maven and their Kiku-costumed ally can't jump up and smack him out of the air or drag him back down to earth. As she's fixing him into position, she spies her helmet nearby, busted and ruined where it had been flung out of Fissure's grasp at some point, probably while she was ragdolling him around the office. Achako mourns the cripplingly expensive software bundle she's just lost, already resigning herself to a diet of ramen and rice for the next few months to save up for a replacement, at least until Kirishima finds out she's pinching pennies again and dreams up every flimsy pretext under the sun to invite her over for meals a la Bakugo, a scenario which has, embarrassingly, played out before. More than once, actually. Casting off thoughts of her own impending destitution, she gives Fezure a final once-over and sees him taking belated, angry stock of his situation. 
He flails helplessly, making mad grabs for something, anything, to ground him or help him stir up a little momentum. But without some external force to act on him, no amount of wiggling or swimming will make a lick of difference. Apparently sensing her attention, Fissure absurdly stops struggling and glowers down at her, gaze knife-edged with demented purpose and frightening promise. Partially to offset the unease of being so suddenly and single-mindedly menaced, she calls up to him, Be good for me and stay put, okay? I'll be back to check up on you in no time. Achako winks at him when Fissure's response is to flash both of Bakugo's favorite fingers at her, and then she pivots on her heels and takes off after the girl and the Kirigumi, who's got a solid head start on her. Of course, no matter how many floors the girl's cleared, Achako's quirk will make catching up a piece of cake, but she still fully sprints for the stairwell, not wanting to waste a second. Her gut agitatedly insists that the faster she can bag Kiku girl and get back to help Bakugo wrangle the maven, the better. In the midst of their violently tangled-together brawl, Katsuki notices peripherally what his opponent can see directly. Uraraka racing for the stairs, and the freak pinned in midair, furiously, if pointlessly, thrashing. Under a shitting minute. And the trio's already down one overpowered blowhard. He makes no attempt to stifle the feral smug smearing its way across his face as the mavens washes out with naked disbelief. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.